0: What's up True Sports listeners? This is Yoni Rosenblatt. I want to thank you for sharing us for this episode. As always, we are constantly striving to dispel myths around sports physical therapy and educate you as to how to be a better sports physical therapist. One of the ways to do that is to introduce you to some of the other allied health professionals that may be caring for the athletes that are in front of you, and very specifically, that is chiropractors. Now, we do not know a ton about chiropractic care as, the sports, as sports PTs, and Dr. Brandon Parker is really going to help us with that. He's going to dispel a tremendous amount on this. He's going to cover a bunch of topics from evidence-based practice to joint manipulation to post-op care and all the things that chiropractors see just like we do as sports PTs and really how we can work together and learn together to put our best foot forward towards our patients. As always, please listen, learn, and then share this podcast with anyone around you uh, who might benefit from it. You're doing us a tremendous service by doing so. Also, you are helping the profession of sports PT by sharing these conversations with your colleagues. If you're interested in joining True Sports Physical Therapy as a physical therapist, we are looking for great sports PTs. We have a number of openings across across our company as we continue to grow to provide the highest levels of sports PT, to the highest levels of athletes. After all, this is what sports PT should be. Feel free to reach us on Instagram at true sports PT. You can shoot me a personal email, Yoni Y O N I at truesportspt.com. Would love to hear from you. Without further ado, here's Doctor Brandon Parker on all things sports chiropractic. Okay, so in in listening a little bit to the way you described your chiropractic education, I didn't hear yet you mention evidence based practice, uh, research. And I'd love to know more about how your graduate school and the chiropractic community as a whole approaches those topics. Yeah, yeah, very fair.
1: I mean, and to be fair, there is a evidence-based... Classroom, or a class that we have in the very beginning, that kind of teaches us the basics on how to search for research. Uh, what is the criteria, or at least the level of proof that you need to establish, whether it be a meta-analysis, going, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but the way they teach it, it was unbelievably boring. And if you looked around the room, you have people with their eyes glossing over, and it, it kind of infuriated me because it's like, guys, like this is this is your bottleneck to success here. You know, if you truly want to help people, you have to. Keep keep reading this stuff. But um, as I was saying earlier, when we had the technical difficulties, it's, I felt like if we created a more of a, a debate style class, I feel like people well, two things would happen. One, the people that did their research and really did their homework, they would have valid points and they would win, right? Which would build upon their confidence as a practitioner. And for the people that didn't want to do the research, it would be a shot in the ego in a good way. Because I do believe that in our profession, whether it be PT or chiropractic, egos are one of the biggest things that get in the way of success. You know, they, they, whether it be you think it's this diagnosis, it's this diagnosis, you're keying on this diagnosis and you don't. Have the awareness to take a step back and either ask a peer, read some research, or reevaluate what's going on, or most importantly, talk to the patient. Right? right. Um, you know, if you don't have that awareness, it's most likely because of ego. So, the the evidence based approach in chiropractic um, was very self driven. You you had the opportunity to back up what you wanted to do, but I did notice that in chiropractic you're almost frowned upon if you found research that didn't hold the spinal manipulation to this Holy grail that it's, it's not, it's really not. It helps some people sometimes for a small amount of time. And I didn't want to be the guy that was known for adjusting because if you're known for one thing that has a temporal effect, uh, you're a bandaid, you know? So I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be that. So, um, as for the, the small group. I, I'm gonna go on a small tangent here because I think this would give go a ahead. little
0: bit of, uh, of of background. Is go ahead because I want to get back also to that that spinal manipulation mm-hmm. as the end all be all of health and wellness. Oh. <laughs> we gotta get back. We gotta get back to that because that I would love to dispel that notion. There's no mm-hmm. way in hell that that is still taught. But you're gonna correct me if I'm wrong. But we'll come back to that. Right. Go ahead. Where were we going?
1: Right. So uh, when I went into chiropractic school, I didn't know about all the other stuff. I just knew that the experience that I had was awesome and I wanted to be uh, at the same criteria level as that person, right? So uh, I get there and I realized that like, it's almost like a religion in a sense that like people like blindly trust what they're being told without being critical of the information that they're absorbing. Um, but I did also notice that chiropractic splits off into all these different branches. And that's why I, it's hard for me to say, Hey, I'm a chiropractor because I don't know the experience that the other person had with one. Um, you know, with, with the small group that I branched off into, which I would consider evidence-based practice, regardless if it's anything, right? Any profession. Um, mm-hmm. We were, we're highly critical of everything. And we were the Debbie Downers, if you will, because it's just like, yeah, you can try that. It might not work. And like, oh, well, why are you saying that? And it's just like, because that's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that goes back to what you were just mentioning. You know, I do feel like the subluxation is the Nike symbol of chiropractic. It's their brand. You know, like if you keep on saying subluxation, 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 it's a word that people don't necessarily understand. They just, they just, you know, you said some fancy words and then you said subluxation, please fix it. Right. Um, I hated that. I hated the fact that, you know, we're, we're making your nervous system healthy, whatever that means. There was just a lot of ambiguous claims with nothing to back it up um, and the to be, very uh front right if i wasn't already that already it's 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 downright malicious and it's parasitic to take advantage of somebody's pain say that their spines are misaligned meanwhile we have Goliaths on the football field running into each other nothing's being misaligned there you know um and then telling them that if they don't get this fixed they're gonna be ill it's it makes
0: no sense It makes no sense. Well, it doesn't make sense to me on the outside. I just figured I was missing something. Now, when that's are there schools, chiropractic schools that have totally veered away from that? Yeah, theory? or No, there Uh,
1: are yet there are. And when it comes to so to go a step further, the schooling that I went through is it's a it's a, there's politics, right? So there's basically they know they have to teach a certain thing, even though they believe something else. So what we would get is we would get the bookwork, and then we would go after class and talk to the person and be like, Hey, look, you have to learn it. It's for the boards, but this is what you should be doing. You know? So it's, it, it's it definitely infuri- comes
0: down to the test. What that, is that? That's in, it's infuriating because why does the test not match what we currently know? Exactly. Exactly. You have
1: all these people making and writing uh, new questions each year to prevent cheating. Why can't these new questions be
0: validated in newer research? i think the answer is laziness and it could be that those people writing the exams they're not treating right they're not right. they're not updating they're not realizing hey this works this doesn't work or uh, they're not they're not reading the literature I, i'm guessing i don't know i mean i just did an interview with a pt who was a stud she was great um she's a year and a half out of school went to a great school graduated top of her class all this stuff she was working in standard gen pop and we Uh, the way we do it at true sports is you come in and well i send you a case Mm -hmm. before you walk in and i'm gonna play the role of the patient awesome and you are gonna treat me and we do that for a number of reasons but i want to know how you think clinically and then we can talk through the case well she nailed the acl case she did great with it Mm -hmm. when we started getting towards the end and i'm like okay how would you handle this how would you handle that how would you progress this how would you scale it um, she starts talking about this arc of motion with an ACL post-op, how you cannot in an open kinetic chain go all the way to terminal knee extension. I'm like, that is just old. It's mm-hmm. just old mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. We won't do that anymore. But she's like, well, it was, it was on the boards. Yeah. That, I'm like, <laughs> so you're not alone is that's my good. point. I think that's going to be the biggest takeaway from, from this conversation is this is such a similar field uh, with, with similar experiences. Okay. So, Talk about tangents. That was a long-ass tangent. But <laughs> bring, it, bring it all the way back to um, they're teaching you what they're almost told to teach you. Yep. But then on the backside, they'll be like, yeah, we don't really practice like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was basically it. But then just kind of – right, so the, the when I was in class, you would start at 7 a.m. and you would finish about 6. Like you were in class all day. So you would get this – you, you'd be, it's distasteful to sit through all this monotonous stuff that you know doesn't apply to your future practice just to wait for the last 15 minutes of class to go up to them and go, <laughs> just kidding. No, just know this. You know, so yep. it's like, why am I spending a top dollar for this when a lot of the stuff that you're saying is just validating what I'm reading online? Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, I need to get my license and then I just need to get out of here. So I, I do think that the overall schooling experience that I had taught me how to learn on my own which I think is invaluable so I don't think they meant that but I do think that that alone is the reason why I have this uh, yeah, I'm insatiable hunger to keep reading you know
0: yeah and and you're right that is totally invaluable that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna get better uh, every single day by trying to get ourselves better um, okay so let's let's dive in a little bit to some of that manipulation, yeah. Um, tell me where you, Brandon Parker, stand on how to use joint manipulation. Right on, yeah. So a lot of my practice is online, and I do have an in-person
1: practice. So the online side, it will it it shows my practice style a little bit more because I feel like that's where I prioritize a lot of my treatment, and that's through the education, the validating somebody's pain experience modifying their ADLs and stuff like that, because if you can allow somebody to do what they truly love to do, and they're not as burdened by their pain, their pain experience is going to be better. Their Their timeline prognosis will be better because instead of them saying, okay, it's you, you took me out of sports for the next six weeks because that's the healing time, um, when am I going to get back? When am I get it back? Or we just make a small modification. You can still doing the things you love to do and you still heal on the same time frame, Right? So that's kind of my main approach is, is there, but when it comes to the hands-on modalities, whether it may be, it, it comes down to preference, right? Like when, if they were like, Hey, I, I really want to get this area moving. I know that it's a temporary fix. I know that it's, you know, it's this and not that. Then I go, okay, as long as you understand that you are, you are informed about what's going on and what it is, and you're not a tying any unnecessary beliefs to it, then I'm completely fine with it. It's just the, I'm very cautious that people, because even with athletes, they get superstitious, right? Where they're just like, Hey, you know, I need that back adjustment before I get in coach. You know, it's just, if I don't get that, I'm not going to shoot, right? I'm not going to run, right? And says, no, you will, but I'll do it anyways. But you need to understand that you definitely will. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. So it's education. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of patient education that I'm hearing.
1: Exactly. I, I think that's the, I mean, it's not the best business model, but my goal is to eventually get fired in a good way where this, like you taught me everything. And it's just like, all right, cool. Now go tell the next person. So I don't have to, the next patient I get, isn't somebody that is fear avoidance because they think their disc is going to quote unquote pop out or slip.
0: Right. Okay. So now are you, when you do your joint manipulation, when you do your manual therapy intervention, is it based on uh, physical assessment? Is it based on radiographs? How are you assessing alignment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The word alignment. So uh, I, the whole,
1: the whole obsession with alignment is, it's insane to me. I, at the end of the day, you look at a human body, you're going to see so much asymmetry. It's insane. You know? I mean, if you, you can take it a step further, look at your kidneys, one's higher than the other. You have a liver on one side, right? So like you're going to eventually see, uh, you know, another thing is sports related adaptations. You see a pitcher, Oh my god their internal rotation is god awful but that is a sports related adaptation if i was obsessed with symmetry i was like oh we got to fix that you were undoing what the body just specifically adapted to so therefore you're actually ruining their performance right so i'm not too uh, a gun-ho on symmetry i am if we take it a step further and talk about like motor control and strength i am a little bit more cognizant when it comes to that because you know, we, strength is what the number one thing we could do to protect ourselves from injury. And of course, motor control helps with strength depending on what range of motions you're doing. Uh, but when it comes to me adjusting somebody, it's just hands-on. It's find the restriction. Uh, by restriction, I just mean like they can't really move that well right here. And quick adjustment, and then they send them on their way. I try to downplay the adjustment so much so that it's kind of like an afterthought intentionally. Because... Mm-hmm. If you want to temporarily decrease your pain, you can do a small warm-up set, right, of whatever movement that you're preparing for. Or if you want to temporarily increase your range of motion, once again, small warm-up set. Or you can also roll on a uh, foam roller, which, you know, that has a whole host of uh, myths attached to that. But I still think it's a tool that we shouldn't throw out the window, you know?
0: And and you would say also you could manipulate a joint, a, a passive manipulation. Is that where you're going with that? Like how you can, an athlete can use that as well. Hey, I can manipulate that neck, give you a little bit more range of motion. There are a host of other ways you could do it, but it's just a piece of the puzzle.
1: Right, right. And, you know, my preference is I try to, I I don't, I don't like, I'm not like quote unquote afraid, but I do try to stay away from adjusting the neck. I just really don't think it's worth it or necessary per se. Uh, There's plenty of other modalities that can get the same job done and you're not risking that one in a million chance of the vertebral dissection. Right. So, um, I, once again, it's all about like risk reward and why risk anything if it's going to, you
0: can get the same job done. Right. Yeah. Lo- I love that. Now, uh, walk me through the way you're structured, your in-person practice mm-hmm. Each walks in, uh, for an evaluation. How long are they with you? Mm-hmm. What, what does that evaluation consist of? And then what does the treatment look like?
1: Yeah, right on. So, I mean, it's uh, very similar to my origin story, right? So, uh, hour for the first visit. I I used to do hours across the board, but I felt like it was almost cumbersome. You know, just like we already got everything we got to get done. Um, So, they see me for the first visit. We unpack everything we can. And I'm probably speaking maybe five minutes, that whole 60 minutes, right? I am listening to everything that they have to tell me. And then from that circumstance, that's going to give me the runway that I need, or at least the direction I need to take to see what's truly going on. I mean, I'm sure your, your schooling has also told you that 80 to 90% of the diagnosis is in the history. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you listen to them, you only need to like perform maybe one to two tests, you know? Mm -hmm. So after, after getting the conversation done and validating the pain experience, then I'll do the one to two orthopedic tests, which we know, the spin and the, you know, it's not that great, you know, so we're just doing it to confirm our thought process. And then from there, it's just, we talk about potential treatments, right? So my treatment would be, Hey, look, I think that you can benefit from these particular movements. Um, And in, during the time of movements, you have the option of doing these things for pain management. You know, I, I'm, I'm well aware that, you know, myofascial release can reduce pain temporarily. And if you feel like that's worth it to you, we do offer that service here. You know, we do have all these other things that you can do once again, symptom modification. Um, but. If you are just that type of person that would prefer just to do these exercises and then maybe ice or heat the knee at home and then come back to me once you master those exercises, then that's perfect. Then they'll come back to see me for a half an hour, which will probably be in a couple of weeks. And then from there, I'll just make sure that they displayed mastery of those exercises. They're well informed about what's going on, and then we'll progress them. Now let's say they didn't, they're not doing good, right? I give my patients full reign to message me on Instagram. Once again, not the best business model because I am busy, but yeah. if they're like, hey, look, the, my, when I'm squatting, my knee's hurting. Okay, let's make this knee dominant movement more of a hip dominant movement. Spread those legs out, point those toes out. Now the shin angle is more neutral, and now you don't have to worry about that knee shear as much, right? So it's those, I think that play-by-play, making sure that they can get to me when they can, gives an invaluable... Uh, service for people because they're not alone when trekking through their pain journey you know
0: yeah that's that's really powerful we got to get you on the true sports home exercise app but that aside um did you get any well what pieces of that did you get through your graduate education what pieces did you fill in yourself
1: you know what I? Uh, you know I don't. I always like to say I'm gonna mess up the the quote, but it's just like you know I'm just standing on the the shoulders of giants, right? Uh, this is my opportunity to thank wholeheartedly. His name is Jacob Harden. He was a big uh, Instagram. I would I don't I hate to say influencer because he's not right. He was just giving out great information. Um, I found him uh, through a friend. He's like, oh yeah, he's like mentoring me. I was like, this guy is busy doing all these things. And he's willing to meet us up at a coffee shop and just tell us about his thought process. And he's a chiropractor. This is, I've never seen this before. So I, when I went to meet him and then learned how he practiced, I definitely modeled a lot of my stuff between what his approach was and my origin story chiropractors approach was. Um, but once again, that was kind of out of the, the scope of our schooling. And to, to be honest with you, um, the, the prototypical chiropractic model that you see is just the sheer, it's just, it, honestly, it's only because that's how they get mo- the most money, period. How can I bill as much credits as possible, or as much units as possible uh, in this amount of time? Because that's going to turn over as much profit as possible. And it's a great business model, right? You're going to make a lot of money, but you're also going to have a lot of dissatisfied people that have complex pain problems. Now, if you're that type of person that has aches or pains, and you go get to a quote-unquote tune-up and you feel better, it's your money, so be it. But as long as it's under the right narrative, right?
0: Yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, you just couldn't live in that narrative, no. apparently, right? No, yeah. God, no. Um, it, cer- it certainly doesn't see it. And I think that is exactly what, by the way, gives both of our professions a poor name because – The same thing happens in my world and whether you're a personal injury clinic or whether you're strictly workers comp or whether you're simply cookie cutter, Mm -hmm. you're going to see the same thing in physical therapy. And it drives me absolutely insane. And that's why our practice is called true sports physical therapy, because this is what I always thought it would be. This is what I thought it was when I went to graduate school, by the way, I thought all PT was sports medicine. And it ain't. It's a lot of other stuff, right? Um, but I think this is the best way to get people better. And the only reason I can think of to not do it this way is, like you said, dollars, mm-hmm. or maybe a lack of education. But at right. this point, you don't have that excuse. Right. I think thirty years ago, you can come out of chiropractic school, and it's all you just couldn't find differently, unless you ran into the guy who influenced you. Right. But, but that's all you knew. That's all you saw. You don't have that excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Um, dude, your practice sounds like a physical therapy practice. So <laughs> tell me what's different about your chiropractic practice and true sports physical therapy.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, aside from not having a super sweet facility like you have, uh, the protocols are pretty much the same. Uh, at the end of the day, if everyone's practicing the same evidence, it's going to be the same practice, right? It's the same protocols in place. Now, uh, my target audience as it may be right now is um, a little bit on the older side. So um, same scaling, progression, regression, biomechanic model, and and validating pain, but uh, mine is just a little bit more home-based, right? Just um, really trying to remove the barriers that a lot of people place on themselves. I don't have enough time, or I don't want to go to the gym because people are looking at me, or you know, I'm not accountable enough where it's just like, okay, well, I just created a system that's going to remove a lot of those roadblocks. So now it's just you in front of the mirror. Why aren't you doing this? So Mm -hmm. that's, that's like the big thing. I would say that, yeah, once again, it's just if you are practicing the evidence there is no difference between chiropractic and pt i i will say this though you know our schooling did not touch upon post uh, surgical operation and and i feel like the only reason why i would take one on is because of my hands-on experience and if it was just upon my actual schooling i would i would never tell somebody to hey go see a chiropractor fresh out of school right um, so I think that is a little bit more of a focus on the PT realm, and that should be your wheelhouse because I I don't I I get afraid that if we're going to load it too much and the graft might <laughs> not hold, you know. So that's something that I would stay clear of. Yeah,
0: well, that's a that's really enlightening. I'll say though, I hate to dispel that myth because you just you just painted us in a really positive light okay. when as it means the post op, but if. You said you, you would hesitate to go to a chiropractor that was fresh out of school, mm-hmm. especially with a post-op. Um, I would say exactly the same thing with PT because gotcha. I, I don't think we get that. I, I just – we might get protocols, but we're not going to know norms. We're not going to know how to load a tissue properly right. unless you're doing work on the outside like mm-hmm. you've done for yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I think – I really don't think it's so dissimilar. They do teach us in graduate school more of the orthopedic surgery. uh uh-huh. So we know, so like, what does an ACL repair look like intraoperatively? What do we know that it looks like on post-op day one? I'll tell you what they don't teach us. They don't teach us month three to six. And okay. by the way, like you just said, are they really teaching us well? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got it. Like, like the example I gave of uh, the PT with a year and a half experience, they're still teaching stuff that is not necessarily up to date, right? I'm painting with broad strokes, but um, I I think we could get better at that for sure. Is there another pathology that you would say you're way more of a chiropractic candidate than PT?
1: You know, honestly,
0: not necessarily.
1: I mean, now I like to say it like this. It's just like, all right, if if we're talking about a chiropractor and a PT both following the same practice, right? Same protocols, because evidence has been formed at this point it's 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 pick your flavor you know do you like the guy with long hair and a beard or do you like yanni who owns multi sports <laughs> sports facilities you know it it's it comes...
0: long hair i used to have long ha- hair. Oh, honestly
1: to... dude i have a deathly fear that this i'm gonna wake up and it's gone i know it's gonna happen
0: it is that's valid that's a real fear <laughs> i do feel like we're looking at a before and after picture but yeah <laughs> wherever yeah. i lose on top of here i'm just gonna grow on my face <laughs> exactly where I am. Okay. But enough about me. So, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I mean it's just um it's it's just pick your flavor at that point because at the end of the day it's just the practitioner that you learn from. It's just their ability to break it down to a connection level that you prefer, right? I have plenty of people, I wouldn't say plenty cuz that sounds bad, but I in my experience, I've had multiple people that enjoyed the information that was given them. It just wasn't their style wasn't their their preferred method they wanted some more hands-on it's like well i'm on i'm on a computer screen (laughs) you know i I can't really do that much and i completely understand just i hope that the information i've given you you take it and implement it with the next person you work with and once again that does come down to ego right is it a big ego hit when someone says hey this isn't working of course because i care right but um you got to understand
0: that different strokes for different folks right yeah for sure so a- along those lines, tell me, what do you wish chiropractors were better at? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So there's a couple things that I wish,
1: <laughs> you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll keep it to this because I feel like this can be just the whole musculoskeletal community. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll do this one more specific for chiropractic. Chiropractic inherently teaches fragility. Um, at least in, in my experience and in my schooling, it was a lot of don't do this because it can do this. And and it actually can spark a lot of fear avoidance manu- uh, behavior, which we know is a whole pain cycle in itself. You can have a clean slate MRI and, and be in all the pain in the world because you're fearful of a particular movement, right? Amongst all the other things that can influence it. Um, but so I, I do think that chiropractors need to stop coaching or, or teaching fragility. If you don't do this, your, your, your adjustments not going to hold, which is not even a thing to begin with. Um, you know, don't, don't bend and twist because you're going to slip a disc and it's just like, well, bending and twisting is part of everyday life. How about we build our tolerance and our preparedness in that position? That's how I would see it. Right. Um, so there's that. And then I would say that from my perspective on both physical therapy and chiropractic and all musculoskeletal community is stop noceboing people. You are trying to show how smart you are by using big words, which the second you use a big word, you've already lost the patient. So who are you serving at this point? But then also just when you teach them what's going on, you you have to make sure that it's concise, true, but it's paint it in a positive light. That takes no time. And you're going to make sure the person leaves not feeling like they need to be fearful of something. So, like, I guess, like, those are the two big things that I would say needs to be improved.
0: Yeah, what's what's fascinating about that is it's not clinical, right. it's relationship, it's how it's taught, it's it's everything they don't cover in in anyone's school necessarily very well. Um, so, I, I think there's there's so much value there. Um, how do you relate to people, and how do you learn to read people, read the room, and meet that patient where they are? It's exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Just earlier on in this conversation, what do you wish physical therapists were better at? So aside from the,
1: you know, I would, I might get some uh, fire for this, but I, I think that there is a large obsession with the gait cycle, um, and with me working with once again fear avoidant patients pretty often, you got these people that are like, did I evert or did I invert here? And just like, can we just walk? Just walk, please. You know, and it's just when you get a fear of patient patient in front of you, you want to remove detail to t- take out. Like, they're already in their head. Don't feed the machine here. You know, I always like to just say like, it's with, with people like that, keep it simple. And, and basically just, um, confront their expectations in the best way possible. If they're, they're sitting there and they're saying like, you know, every time I bend forward, it hurts. Well, then i am like, okay, can you slouch into your chair? And then they slouch in the chair. It's like, how does that feel? And it's like, well, the same. It's like, well, you've already started that, that position of forward flexion. That, that means that perhaps it might be not be the position. It might just be the load, which means we can get you stronger and then we can basically get you back to doing the things you want to do. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get on a soapbox here.
0: <laughs> oh, no, uh, I, I want you on that soapbox. Um, and I I I totally agree with, with those pieces. I think it's man, you you just you just sound like a PT. I, I think the the way a good one. I think the way I like to look at it is Kairos have an awesome level of manual therapy know-how. Mm-hmm. They are very good by and large about putting hands on patients and just by doing that, whether it's massage, whether it's manipulation, whether it's mobilization, what, that already just ingratiates you to the patient. And I just think that, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that that's ingrained in your schooling. Oh, for sure. That does not show up very well in the PT schooling education side. So mm-hmm. that's like a, a bucket that you guys have filled that I wish we could fill. Mm-hmm. Now, from an exercise standpoint and a progression standpoint, um, from a post-op standpoint, I think PTs are maybe a, a little bit better schooled on mm-hmm. that, not equipped, but schooled on that. Um, and and we don't have that that manual expertise. Regardless, if we come out of school and we have the doctorate, you and I both have doctorates, we just got to fill those buckets. Yep. Just fill the other buckets, right? Okay. So um, the, the PT that I referenced before, his name is Dr. Mark Cesar. He is a awesome chiropractor. Uh, the Cairo that I mentioned before. Sorry. Yeah. He's an unbelievable chiropractor. Um, I brought him into our clinic to go over um, the SFMA, which is just a, a great way to learn how to um, evaluate patients and things of that nature. I'm still oh, here. No. I'm still here. Okay. I'm
1: still here. One second.
0: There I told you, go. Jerry rigged, but I'm here. Okay, good. So it so brought Mark Cesare into our clinic to teach us SFMA, which is standardly very PT driven, but he was just awesome at, he filled that bucket. So I don't care uh, what doctorate you have, right? Um, just you have filled that bucket. And I know I can learn from you and and vice versa. I did a tremendous amount of manual therapy education because I thought that was just lacking. Mm-hmm. So if you can fill those things in, you're going to take a step forward at least to being that practitioner that well-rounded and,
1: and ultimately that said that is your job i mean if you spent all this money and all this time to get the credentials as being a doctor but at the end of the day that means nothing when you're in the room with the patient i, I could just be i mean i know when i'm working with some people that they are taking my opinion with a grain of salt just to bring it back to their coach to see what the coach thinks because at the end of the day, it's not about credentials. It's about who do they trust. And I, I'm fine with that. And And that's what most people need to understand. Stop getting the alphabet suit behind your name, right? Like all these different certs and stuff like that. Because once again, they're just tools, right? And then focus on the person in front of you.
0: And I guarantee you, your your patient outcomes are going to go through the roof. And that's what it's about. It's about the person in front of you and getting that patient to just achieve their goals, whatever their goals are—sit to stand without pain or less yep. pain—making uh, make in the NFL. Yep, right, exactly. Um, and, and that's just what it's about. Now, if you and I have very similar outlooks, mm-hmm. doctorates, albeit in in different schools of thought, is there a place for a medical clinic, a musculoskeletal clinic, with a physical therapist and a chiropractor working side by side? That's that's a great question.
1: And when it comes to when it comes to scope of practice, I do feel like there is a large overlap. So I guess from a business side of things, maybe not, right? Maybe like, you know, you could just, went, like you said, go to all these seminars and clean up where you don't know and then run your own thing. Um, but I will say that um, I, so I'm, at, where I work in my in-person practice, it is multidisciplinary. We do have a PT upstairs and it's, it's nice that people can stay in their, their wheelhouse, if you will, you know, their specialties. And, and because at the end of the day, like I like talking to people, I like getting down to the root of the cause. I also like doing the exercise stuff. But if I had to pick everything, I like talking to people, right? So how about I specialize in this, get to the root of the problem, and hopefully create a plan that's perfect for you. And then I have the number one person that I can think about bring you through those movements, if you feel like you're unsure or uneasy about it. So, once again, it just comes down to specialties, regardless of your, your doctorate or whatnot. It's what do you like to do? Because typically, the thing you like to do is the thing you're best at. And uh, how do you maximize your time in that? So hopefully, you can maximize patient uh, outcomes.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to tell you what I wish chiropractors would do or mm-hmm. stop doing. And then you're going to tell me what you wish PTs would do. Or gotcha. Stop doing. Gotcha. I, I really want the chiropractor to stop telling the patient that they need to see the chiropractor once a week for the next 30 years. Oh, God. It's so true.
1: It's so dang true. And, and the amount of people that come to me from that, and I always have to unpack it where it's just like, yeah, and then they took an x-ray, said my neck was uh, super straight, and it just goes, I'm going to be honest with you. They took that x-ray as a, uh, a, sale, a, a fear tactic. Now they have something to point at, and we don't even know if that's actually your x-ray. Um, and they're going to sign you up on the spot and really use your emotion and your pain. And that's what that's it's predatorial, it's parasitic. And I hate that. Um, and I have good news and bad news. I do think that the the good side of things is there are more people practicing like me there. We're inspiring a lot of people. I did have a, uh, seminar that I do run with another chiropractor that's a similar belief to me. And we, we target, you know, kids like that are in school, like, Hey, you need to practice like this. Um, awesome. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you get out of school and I'm sure that it was similar than what you had is you get out of school and it's such an uncertain time. What am I going to be doing? Do I, do I get a job somewhere else? Do I do this? Do I do that? And then you have these practice management people just get a hold of you and go, okay, do you want to not be a failure? You're going to do this system because it's been proven time and time again. And that's where you see these cookie cutter, um, setups where they can do just the bare minimum to, uh, build the insurance, you know, therapeutic exercise, the guy sitting on a wobble chair, like, what are you talking about? You know, then you get, you go there, you get adjusted, you get a little manual therapy and then they kick you out the door. Once again, that's that's a business.
0: that's what I was going to ask you is, where do you guys learn that? Where do you learn the once a week for 30 years? Where, where does that come from? You, it comes from consultancies? Yeah. it's it, it, but That right
1: there is not actually from our schooling. It's from the practice management people saying, you want to make a lot of money? This is how you have to do it. And because kids are so uncertain because we have two business classes, but they're not business classes, right? They kind of just like, hey, this is how you build. And this is like the general uh, setup that you should have. But the whole like, Uh, You know, I don't want to use any specific names, but a lot of these uh, practice management firms, it's essentially just how can we herd as much people through the door and out the door as quick as possible. And that's where a lot, that's why a lot, you see a lot of it is because it does get people money. Right, and it also it it's um once again the uncertain person that's gonna throw all their eggs into somebody else's basket because that's where the trust lies. So if we were to have people, if I had a management firm, which it wouldn't work because I don't, it's not the most lucrative. Like I said, um, I think that we would start to see a big trend if I did have the lucrative like the the money behind it, right? So Mm -hmm. I do think Mm -hmm. that is like the big, big thing of why we see that so often.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so that's really illuminating to me now. Now I kind of know where it comes from. And I'm thrilled to hear that you're changing that narrative. Um, I, you know, I think that's, that's why we're, we're having this conversation is to change that narrative um, and ultimately get those patients better, quicker and more efficiently. Um, so I, I obviously support that, but that's, that's really eye opening. Tell me what you want me to change about the way we practice. You know, for PTs. The way, I, would, I would say what, like everything that you are doing
1: in, in the content, at least that I've seen is something that I would like to see more across the board. And I understand that once again, different flavors for different folks, but we need to stop, um, we need to, st- the traditional chiro- or I'm sorry, the traditional physical therapy down here is you walk into an open, open space. There's all the bunch of, uh, athletic training tables on the outside. There's an ultrasound, which we all know is so great, you know, with the, with the stem pads. And then you have people just doing some band work, right? And it's just like, okay, they, they display competency with these bands. What do you do? Well, add another band. Or how about we progress it towards something that they're actually doing, right? And, and this is for a lot of rehab, it's not just PT, but those are the places that upset me because it can be what you are displaying. Even if you're not an athlete, athlete, if you train like one, you're going to feel like a kid again. Because what do kids do? They become athletes, right? They move around. They run around. They do all these things. But if you sit all day and then you go back to physical therapy and you do banded external rotations, how do you expect that to have a large effect on your life?
0: You you know what I'm saying? I know know exactly what you're saying. And and why do you have to do banded external rotation three days a week under someone's supervision? That's – I'll, I'll answer your question for you. That's what PTs should change. Freaking hate that crap. And stop handing your patients off to techs who are currently in high school getting community service hours. Yep. Like that gives everyone a bad name. And that's why Brandon Parker can't trust PTs because of that trash. <laughs> I don't know about that now. Nope. No. <laughs> Sorry, I just lost my mind. Um, okay. Let me, let me bring it all the way back because – Another thing that I'm dying to talk to you about is this mobility manual and some of the stuff and programming and planning that you're putting together. So tell the masses about what you got going on. Yeah. So,
1: you know, with the recent uptick in my following on Instagram, I realized that the, the information that I was posting was being well received. It all started with me just trying to post exercises for my personal patients. You know, I was just like, I don't have enough time to show you with this stuff. But I'm going to send you a video personally for you. But I was like, okay, why don't I just post this on my Instagram? So I started to do that. And, of course, the, the following started to come. And I was like, okay, if I can serve my patients and also serve the world, this seems to be the best avenue to take. So I'm creating this mobility manual series, starting off with the lower back and hips uh, of just it being seven Mobility flow exercises, just a small 15 minute thing you can do each of the days of the week. And then um, it's paired with two ebooks. Uh, the first ebook is Recovery 101. Essentially, it teaches people how to uh, improve their the, the basics of nutrition, improve their nutrition, uh, improve their sleep, and also improve their stress management. We know if we can master those three pillars of recovery, our burden of pain will go down. The other thing that we have is a community, right? Because at the end of the day, if you look at any successful workout system or rehab system, they all have a sense of community and a sense of accountability. So it's my goal to start up this community, just be that bug in the ear saying, Hey, if you haven't done this, try this. And then just continue to motivate people to try different movements. Because at the end of the day, if we look at the the world, let's just say United States as a whole, a mass majority are going to be deconditioned. And if they just were to simply walk and do simple bodyweight exercises, they can tremendously help themselves. So this is my goal to basically address the lowest hanging fruits to help as many people as possible. And then hopefully the people that are bought in, I can release the next thing and say, hey, you were here, now you're ready for this. And then, hey, who knows? I might get a couple in the
0: NFL. No, <laughs> Maybe. 78 year old NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, that, that sounds really awesome how do we how do we find out more about that that's going to be re- released exclusively on my
1: Instagram there's going to be a link in the my bio so as soon as you see that link that's going to be access to the thing that I'm offering um, but yeah it's, things are slow turning which I'm learning in business world
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's always anything worthwhile um, comes along slowly so tell me or tell all the listenership, how do we find you on Instagram?
1: Yeah, so you can find me at bs.parker. It's hilarious. My first name is Brandon. Last name is Parker. The S means absolutely nothing. It was the only way that I can get b.parker in a handle because everything else was taken. So
0: uh. (laughs) So don't assume that BS is anything else other than nothing. Yes. (laughs) Not even your initials. Okay okay bs parker and there you'll be dropping that mobility manual that is super exciting it's such a great premise um and you really have just this awesome way about communicating both with myself but also with patients that i've seen and your ability to put up digestible um content has been awesome thank you um so yeah you're you're doing everyone everyone a service by everything that you're creating. And um, I really just want to thank you for sharing some of the chiropractic outlook on physical therapy, but also on patient care, because I think it's such a, it's so lacking in the PT world. And there is no reason that we cannot continue to work together to learn from one another for the betterment of our patients. And that, that is what it's about. Amen, man. That's exactly what it's all about. Awesome. Brandon, thank you so much for your time. As always, I'm going to ask you for a favor. Please listen, learn, and share our content. And leave us a five-star review wherever you consume your true sports pod. That little act of kindness will go a very long way to helping us and helping our profession. You can reach out directly to me with feedback on the pod, what you loved, what you didn't love, and who you want to hear from. Also, if you want to join our team of outstanding sports PTs, shoot me a DM on Instagram, at TrueSportsPT, or email me directly, Yoni, Y-O-N-I, at com. because after all, this is what sports rehab should be. Look forward to hearing from you all soon.